Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from Sanctuary, a church in southwest Victoria. And today I'm reflecting on a story that is most commonly known as the prodigal son, a story that many of us are very familiar with. But today I'm just going to retell it in a way that might sound quite different. So let's begin. This is a story about the kind of folk who are maybe raised in foster care. And maybe drink too much and maybe have a cousin in prison. And maybe they swear a lot and maybe they get diabetes too young. And maybe all sorts of other things. But today, they're crowding in to hear Joshua. And this is also a story about religious folk who aren't really listening to Joshua. Instead, they're grumbling and muttering to one another. This bloke welcomes sinners and uh, eats with them. Or maybe they're kind of hinting that he's being tainted by the people he hangs out with. And maybe Joshua gets that and tells a story in response. And maybe what follows is not quite the story that he tells, but maybe it contains something useful and true. So get ready to listen, but remember, this is just a story. Once upon a time... In the time beyond time, the Creator Spirit had two children. Now, the first one observed the Creator's handiwork and learned all the stories and integrated the law. They saw that for everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. They learned that following the law kept the land fertile. They learned that there were times of feasting and times of fasting, times of plenty and times of famine. But then when people shared what little they had, everyone got just enough. The first one took all this very seriously and lived accordingly. The second one was different. The second one was like a little caterpillar. He was always hungry. And his hunger was insistent, insatiable. No matter what he ate, he was never satisfied, not even on Sunday. One day, the second one went to the Creator Spirit and demanded a share of the property. What they all held in common, the second one asked to fence off and carve up and privately own. Maybe he thought he'd sate his hunger this way. Who knows? Anyway, the second one asked and the Creator Spirit was wise because she knew Sometimes a kid just has to learn by doing. So the Creator Spirit divided the property and gave the second one their share of the bios. That is all that is needed to sustain life. Now on the first day, the second one was given light and dark. Light to be awake to, to work and to play and to read dark to sleep safely through, and for the blessings of dreams and shadows. 
but he was still hungry. On the second day, the second one was given the waters and the sky. Pure clean air swelled above oceans sharp and salt and crystal clear. Clouds banked up on the horizon then scudded through the sky. But he was still hungry. On the third day, the second one was given fertile land and vegetation. In the forests, vast mother trees fed their daughters, and different species communicated through intricate fungal networks and helped each other grow. Orchards sprang up bejeweled with fruit, and seed crops emerged heavy with grain. Logs were carpeted with deep green mosses, and everything pulsed with life. But he was still hungry. On the fourth day, the second one was given lights in the sky, a great light to warm the earth and help the plants grow, and a smaller light to move the tides and to shine a path across the ocean's surface at night. But he was still hungry. On the fifth day, the second one was given schools of mullet to swim through the bay and speckled trout to leap in the streams. Flocks of corellas caroused through the sky and yellow-tailed black cockatoos called out. Spotted pardalotes filled the karang and cormorants found perches to air their wings. The waters and skies were filled with life, but he was still hungry. On the sixth day, the second one was given cattle and creeping things and wild animals of every kind, quarain and termites and honey ants and wingkeel, kurumuk and rock wallabies. But he was still hungry. And in all that giving, there were other gifts, of course, fire for heat and stones for building and friends for love and children for joy. In fact, everything needed to sustain life. But he was still hungry. On the seventh day, a Sunday, the second one was given rest. But he refused the gift. For his hunger drove him. He was hungry for mangoes in winter and for red meat at every meal. He was hungry for silver and gold, and for things made with rare earth metals, mobile phones and laptops and hybrid cars. He was hungry for convenience, for a big house, for a flat-screen TV. He was hungry for fashion, hungry for air travel, hungry for status, hungry for investment income. He was endlessly, insatiably, ravenously hungry. And so the second one refused the gift of rest. Instead, he squandered the bios, the things necessary to sustain life. He dug holes to extract diamonds and gold. He blew up mountains to find iron ore. He poisoned rivers with mine tailings and agricultural runoff, and he filled the oceans with plastic waste. He burned fossil fuels to do everything faster. He pumped soot and carbon into the air. He fracked fertile land. And then he built leaking pipelines through delicate ecosystems. He pushed the boundaries of his cities and towns beyond all limits. 
and his endless appetite for cheap meat brought deadly new pathogens into the human world. And as he ate and ate and ate, he left nothing for his children and nothing for the poor. Indeed, he left nothing for anybody else. And the second one's actions began to affect the first one. For when his own land was riddled with mines and his own rivers were poisoned and his own children were hungry, the second one, the very one who demanded private property and fences and an end to the commons, the second one invaded the first one's land and did it all over again. And so the earth groaned and the seasons went out of sync. Times for birth and death were disrupted and so too times for planting and harvest. Times for dancing were overshadowed and tinged with constant grief. And since the law was not being followed, the earth responded. Rain bombs washed away big houses and flat screen TVs and SUVs and fertile soil. Indeed, everything in sight. Firestorms ripped through, flattening forests and houses. Heat piled up and melted ice, and ocean waters roared in. Pandemics ripped through populations, wild plants and animals disappeared. And at last, when his domestic animals died and his crops failed, the second one discovered true hunger. Not the hunger for money and things, but true, hollow-bellied desperation for bread. His tummy grinding on emptiness, he finally looked hard at the system he'd hired himself out to and the pigsty he'd made for himself. He was so hungry, he would have eaten from the pig bucket. But in this economy, this culture of exchange, this way he'd lived without justice or generosity or mercy or love, nothing was for free, and no one gave him anything. Faced by hunger and mess and stark reality and loneliness, eventually he came to himself. He said, Even my parents' hired hands have more than enough, but I'm here dying of hunger. I'll get up and go home and confess that I have sinned, for I have disrupted right relationship in God's realm and within my family. Clearly I'm no longer fit to be called a member of the family, but I'll ask to be treated as an employee. And so he stood up, and he turned, and he began the long, long walk back towards his parent, the Creator Spirit. And that's the end of the story. Most of you will know what happens next, but I'd just like to leave you both with a story and a few questions to reflect on. Do you think this is a fair or a helpful retelling of the story? Is it impertinent? 
offensive or self-serving for a white person from a predominantly white congregation to tell us this way. I wonder what character you usually identify with and what character you identify with in this telling. There's a saying that if you're not regularly offended by the gospel, then you're not paying attention. Are we offended by the idea that grace might be extended to rapacious capitalist people like us? And I wonder what would it look like for second peoples to walk in the direction of the loving and life-giving spirit? I'll leave you with these questions, but there's always more to read on our website. That's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Peak Warung people of the Eastern Ma Nation. And I pay my respects to elders past and present. This week, yellow-tailed black cockatoos are screeching through the sky. Billy buttons and dianelli berries are nodding in the garden. The grasses are greening and the air smells damp of salt and seaweed. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen. <laughs>